We are continuing our series, our vision series called It's Time. That is our theme for this year is it's time. Just as uh, the Lord told Joshua, hey, it is time. Get ready to go into the promised land. You've been wandering around in the desert, in the wilderness for far too long. uh, But there is land that I have promised you and it's time to take that land. We believe that God is speaking the same thing to us today. Get ready. It is time to go into our promised land, to go into our city, to go into our communities because the harvest is ripe. We, we want to tell everyone about Jesus and we believe that God is going to do incredible things in our city, in our communities as we are faithful. And so the vision that we've been looking at uh, has six different points, six different goals, if you will. These are things that we believe will happen as we do our mission. Our mission is to love God and share Christ. Yes, love God, love people, and share Christ. And so here's what we believe is going to happen. The first thing, our first goal is that we want to make the the presence of God paramount. Uh, We know that our victory comes from God. Our victory comes from the presence of God. And we are God's people. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We carry the presence of God with us everywhere we go. And so we are making prayer a priority uh, to go into our city. You see kind of the the prayer maps in the back uh, today. If you haven't signed up, if you haven't uh, done that yet, encourage you to pick a couple blocks, pick uh, an area. Maybe we've got a a country map. We've got a city map. Pick a place that you want to pray for. Whether you walk around it, whether you drive around it, I encourage you and challenge you to try doing it once a week. Once a week, just go for a prayer walk. Uh, there's even guides back there to help you to, to pray and what to pray for. The second thing, we looked at it last week. We want to be a multicultural and multi-generational church. Uh, that is a reflection of what the church is. That's a reflection of heaven. We talked about that last week. And our city, we want to reflect our city. We want to reach the people who are right here. And we are ever growing in diversity. And we have all the generations right here. So let's reflect that as a church. Uh, Today, we're going to be going into point number three, to be known by our mission. So we'll go into a lot of depth with that here in just a minute. Uh, The fourth and fifth thing, they go hand in hand. Our goal is to reach 4% of our community. 4%. Right now, we're reaching about 1%. But we serve the God of addition and multiplication. And and so we are just believing for for multiplication in our city. Uh, How do we do that? Uh, Point four is each one reach one. Each one reach one. It's going to take all of us to reach our city. If each one of us said, hey, we're going to reach one person in, in one year, right? Think about it. That's not a big goal. That's not, that's not huge. But if we could each say, let's reach one person, why next year we'd have 2% of the city. And the year after that, we did it again, we'd have 4% of our city. So our, our goal is how can we reach the 4%? Each one reach one. Along with that, number five is each one teach one. Uh, we don't just give up and say, all right, good luck, you know, uh, after they accept Christ. No, that's, that's, the, that's the starting line. All right, now how can we teach you? How can we grow with you? How can we have a Bible study? How can we grow together? How can we be a friend to that person who's given their life to Jesus? So each one, reach one, each one, teach one. And then number six uh, is, is missions. Because we know we're not just called to our Jerusalem, but we're called to the ends of the earth. Uh, just like uh, we had our missionary here this morning. And we've been great at praying. We've been great at giving. But I'm going to challenge our church. Let's go. 
Let's, let's go to all the nations. And so our goal is to do six mission trips over the next three years to six different regions uh, with our missionaries. And so you saw the first one up is uh, with the Wades down in the Rosebud Reservation. Uh, if you'd like more information on that trip, uh, next Sunday, right after service, we're going to have maybe a 10-minute info meeting uh, for that. And we can take up to about 40 people. So this is a great way to, to get involved. And I encourage you, I challenge everybody from our church, if you are able to go on one of our missions trips coming up. Uh, we're going to be giving you a road map in a few weeks once we hit on that uh, vision point and uh, just kind of excited, give you some opportunities to, to sign up or to dream together with us that. And so looking forward to that. And uh, one, one last thing I'd share is if God does something in your life as you're doing these things, you, this series is all about really making things practical. How can we take, you know, these goals are maybe lofty, but how can we take the first step? And as we take these first steps, I encourage you, if God does something crazy or even God does something, maybe it's not crazy, but it's just, wow, God was faithful. Uh, I, would you come and, and find one of the pastors and let us know? We want to celebrate with you. Uh, even, we can even record a little video so we can uh, show it to the church and celebrate uh, with you because we, we just want to continue to share what God is doing in our community. So if you see God do something awesome, if you share your faith and, and someone comes to know Jesus, if, if God speaks to you and you're, you're faithful, we want to hear your story. So please, I uh, encourage you, come and share that. But today, we are looking at that point number three, to be known by our mission. To be known by our mission. And again, we know our mission statement is love God, love people, and share Christ. Can we be known by that? You guys ready to play a game? Okay, a few of you ready? All right, we're going to do a little of a word association game, all right? So I need your help. I need you shout out. I'm going to give you the name of a business, and you need to shout out what comes to mind when you think of that business. All right, remember we're in church, so you need to keep it nice here. Um, so I want you to shout, all right, so the first business, what do you think of, what comes to mind when I say McDonald's? French fries, what else? All right, so I think everybody unanimous, unanimously shouted French fries when, when we got to McDonald's. So McDonald's, hey, they're known for their French fries, right? They're, they're known for their hamburgers. They're known for, uh, I think somebody shouted out fast food. You know, hey, you can get that. If you're in a pinch, you're in a hurry, go to McDonald's, right? So that's what they're known by. All right, how about this one? What comes to mind when I say the IRS? Nothing church-like. Taxes. I don't want to... Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe not some nice things, right? Their reputation precedes them. How about this? What do you think of when I say twist comb? Ooh, Italian ice, soft serve. Can it be summer already? Yeah. All those things, right? We've got good things for, for twist cone. Does anybody still, even though you're not a kid, try to order the eyes on your twist cone? Yeah, yeah, okay. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you have not been to twist cone yet. You need to go there. Uh, how, about, how about this one? Oh, we'll see what, what's the reputation for Walmart? <laughs> Busy, cheap, reliable, all right. I have to go there, yeah. Uh, how about this, which should be interesting. 
How about the Aberdeen Mall? Oh, we got a couple new business. All right. I heard empty uh, potholes. You know, we, we got to fix it, right? We're going to get there. Uh, how about this one? Storybook land. What do you think of? Fun? Castle? Yellow Brick Road? Kid? Anybody else like the talking trees? I wish they'd actually throw apples at you. That'd be great. Yeah, we, we like storybook land. All right. How about this one? Aberdeen First Assembly. Family, love, church family, all right. Right, what is our reputation? Right, that's what I want us to think about today. What are we known for? What if we would ask that question out in our community? How would they respond? Would they respond with the, the same answers today? You know, and so that's what I want us to think through. What, what should our reputation be as a church? What should, what should the church's reputation be? Not, not just AFA, but the church in general. Do we think that the church has a good reputation in America? Do we, do we think that when people hear about the church, again, capital C, do good things come to mind or do bad things come to mind? Right, and again, if we, we narrow it down, what does our church, what is our church known for in our community? You don't have to answer these ones, but I want you to think about it. And maybe even the biggest question of all is, what's your reputation? What do people know you by? Do they know you as a follower of Jesus? Do they know you by your mission? Or do they know you by something else? So these are things I want us to think about today. If you've got your Bibles, open them up to Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2. We've been looking at how the Israelites... Uh, once they were told it's time, you know, to go into the promised land, how they took the promised land. And uh, you can see throughout the book of Joshua that the Israelites developed a reputation. They had a reputation. Their reputation preceded them. Uh, even before they crossed into, uh, before they crossed the Jordan, before they, they captured Jericho, uh, they had built a reputation because you can read this story, but they were trying to just get close to the promised land, and they had to go through a couple of nations, the nation of Sihon and the nation of Og, and these were some powerful nations, and they just wanted to pass through. They didn't want to do any harm. They, they said, hey, can we just walk through your land? It's on, it's on the highway to where we need to go, and they said, no, we're not going to let you. So God said, all right, well, it's time to go to war, and so the Israelites, even though they were outnumbered, God was in their favor, God was on their side, and they defeated these two powerful nations. And so we see in Joshua 2 that uh, the Israelites are still on the other side of the Jordan. They're trying to figure out how do, we, how do we get in there. So Joshua sends out a couple of spies, and they find a woman in Jericho named Rahab who is willing to help them. So they're spying out Jericho, this massive city, the high wall, 50-foot walls. And in Joshua chapter 2, we see her opinion, along with the rest of the people of Jericho, their opinion, uh, the reputation of Israel. So Joshua chapter 2, verse 8 says this, Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. For you... 
when you came out of, or dried up the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. So the reputation preceded them. Let's, let's pray this morning. Jesus, I thank you for your word. God, I, I pray that we would learn from it, that we would grow from it. And I pray that you would help us to be, as we we're talking today, may we be known by our mission. May we be known by the power of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Rahab here, she shares the opinion of the people of Jericho with the Israelites, with these spies. And she begins to say, hey, we've heard stories. We've heard stories about what's going on there. We, we've heard that your mission is to come in here and take this land completely. Right? That is your mission. God has told you. God has given you this land. And we're afraid. We're afraid. It says that they, they melted in fear. That's a picture. Those are some choice words. Have you ever melted in fear before? Right? That's, that's an extreme level of fear that they had. And she also said, we've heard not just about the mission that you are having, but we've heard about the power of your God. We've heard about how he split the Red Sea and you walked through on dry land. Uh, I'm not sure how they heard about it, but word spread that, that God was with this people. They heard about these great defeats that they had over Sihon and over Og and, and how they took down these great nations. And now Jericho, even though they are walled there, uh, a fortress of a city, they're afraid. They're afraid because they heard that the Israelites were known for their mission. They were known and defined by the power of God. But this wasn't the first time. This wasn't the only time that we see this. In fact, six times, six times in the book of Joshua, we see the Israelites are known by their mission. In chapter 5, we see the Amorite and Canaanite kings. They heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan this time and how they walked through on dry ground and it said that their hearts melted. In chapter 9, it says the kings that were west of the Jordan heard about the victories, the first two victories, the victory over Jericho and the victory over Ai. And, and it said that they were afraid. So you know what they did? They attacked. They, they gathered up an army and they tried to attack. Also in chapter 9, the people of Gibeon, they heard the same thing. We heard how you destroyed Jericho. We heard how you destroyed uh, Ai. And, and, uh, and they went a different approach. They went the approach, if you can't beat them, join them. And, and so they, it's a pretty cool story. Uh, they went in and, and they got their worst clothes on. They, I think they got stale bread and all this stuff. And they acted like they'd been traveling for a long time. And they made a deal like, hey, don't attack us. And then they find out later, oh, you're our neighbors. You know, we're supposed to take the land from you. Uh, so check that story out sometime. Uh, in chapter 10, we've got the king of Jerusalem. He hears about the victories uh, over these armies. He hears about what the Gibeonites did and how they tried to join the Israelites. And so uh, in his fear, he called five other kings to join him to, to have a battle against the Israelites. But again, they had the presence of God on their side and, and the Israelites won. Chapter 11, the king of Hazar heard the great conquest and victory that God had given them. So he calls all the northern kings, all the territory left to be conquered, basically, and said, we're all in this together. Let's take them out. It said the army was big as the sand on the seashore. It's a lot of people. But yet, God won the victory. The Israelites won the victory. But each time, their reputation preceded them. Each time. The Israelites were known by their mission, and they were known by the power of God. What is our church known by? 
right? What is our church known by? How are we known in the community? It's a very important question. I, I knew of a church once. It was in a smaller town. And that church had a bad reputation. It was a bad reputation. The, the pastor had embezzled some funds. Uh, some, some poor choices were made. I don't remember all the details, but I, I know that if you would go to the coffee shop in town, if you would go to the diner in town and you'd bring up, hey, do you know this church? There was, they'd just cringe like, ooh, that, don't go there. That, that's not a good church. That's, you don't want to go there. And so a uh, uh, a friend of mine, a pastor, came into there, and he didn't know the whole history of what was going on, or, uh, but he found out quickly as he got into the community and started inviting people to church, and everyone's just like, oh, no, don't go. Do you know what happened there? Do you know what, what was going on there? And uh, so he had to come up with a plan. How do we change the reputation uh, of this church? Because it's got such a bad name. And so they decided to buy a billboard, and they, they put it up, and they, they they put the pastor's pictures on there and said, placed under new management. <laughs> that was their, this is how we're going to attack it. This is how we're going to change it because it, it was so bad. Now, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that Aberdeen First Assembly does not have a bad reputation in town. Uh, I, I'm thankful. I mean, we, we've done a lot of good things in our community over the years. I mean, for the last three decades, we've had the Care and Share giveaway where we've just blessed and given things to the community, free of charge, no strings attached. The last decade, we've been in the schools and uh, adopted school and kindergarten classes and uh, given lunches to the teachers and, and just tried to be a blessing however we can. But even with that, even with all of these service projects we've done, we are best known by the church across from Wiley, right? The big church across from Wiley, right? Like we're known by our location. In fact, just this week, uh, we, were, uh, we found ourselves eating with one of the principals here in town. And so it came up, hey, what do you do? And, you know, I said, well, I'm the, I'm the pastor at Aberdeen First Assembly. And, you know, he just kind of smiled and nodded. And, and I was like, you know, the, the one across from Wiley? Oh, yeah, 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 that one, that one. You know, and the light bulb came on. And so again, it just reaffirmed. It was like, God, we got to be known by something better than just our location, right? It, location's not bad, but I believe that God has more for us, that our location isn't the full extent of the reputation that God wants to use us for in our community. See, the Israelites were known by their mission. They were known by the power of God. And, and church, I believe that AFA can be a church that's known by our mission, that's known by the power of God. Doesn't that sound good? Man, I, I, I want people, uh, you know, to come up. Hey, that's the church that loves God, isn't it? That, that's the church. When, when I talk to somebody from that church, they actually care, right? They actually want to talk about Jesus. They actually have a relationship. They don't just go to church on Sunday, but they live for Jesus every other day of the week. That's that church full of people who actually will pray for me, right? We want to be known as a church that loves God. We want to be known as a church that loves people. Oh, can we be known as a church that loves people, that care for each other, that care for people in the community, that people would recognize AFA as a church that genuinely makes a difference in the community, that when our city faces a crisis, they would say, hey, what could AFA do? Because we know that you're a church that loves people. Can you help us? Can you help us? And we want to be a church that's known for sharing Christ. That we're not ashamed of the gospel because we know that it's the power of God. We're, we're people that we just, we just can't stop talking about Jesus because we love him so much. 
right? We want to share Christ with our community. We want to be a church that, again, that goes, that goes and, and sends missionaries and sends missions trips. We want to be known as a church where the power of God is, right? How cool would it be if the people in town are like, oh, that AFA. Isn't that that church that, man, people got healed there? You know, oh, my neighbor said that they came and, and now they know when they're in a tough situation, they want to come to AFA because they know the power of God is here, right? Or they, they see their coworker and, and they say, what, what happened to that guy? He's totally different. I mean, now they're, they're getting their work done on time. They're being nice. They got a smile on their face. They're not doing the things they used to do. Oh, their life got transformed by the power of God right? That's the kind of church we want to be known for where healing takes place, where lives are transformed, where people are filled with the Holy Spirit. So may we be a church that's defined by our mission, that's known by our mission, that's known by the power of God. Really, that's what every church should be, right? We're as followers of Jesus. We should be known by the mission that God has called us to, to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation, right? To love God, to love people, all these different things. But how do we do that? I believe this. It starts with you. It starts with you. If we want to be a church that has a great reputation, we need to be people who have great reputations. We need to be people who are known by the power of God. So what is your reputation? Do people know that you are a follower of Jesus? Just think about that for a moment. Do people know? Do the, your coworkers? Do you, does your family? Does your neighbor know that you are a follower of of Jesus. If that's how they would describe you today. Proverbs 22.1 tells us a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than gold or silver. Right? We want to have a good name. So how can we change our reputation? How can we be known by our mission? Again, we could go through our mission statement. We, we talked about loving God a couple weeks ago and just some of the practical things that we can do to add prayer to our life and make that a priority. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about share Christ, you know, the each one reach one and practical ways that we can share Christ with our community. And so today, I really want to focus on love people. How can we love people? Because I believe that as we love people, it is going to change our name in the community. How can we love people? John 13, 34 through 35, Jesus tells his disciples this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So again, Jesus is talking about reputation here. You will be known as followers of Jesus if you love one another. All right, now if you were Jesus in this passage and you got to finish this sentence. You will, all men will know that you are my disciples if you fill in the blank. How do you think you'd fill out that sentence? How, do you, how would you finish it off? All people will know that you are my disciples if you wear Christian t-shirts, right? All people will know that you are my disciples if you listen to Christian music. You know, all people will know that you're my disciples if you go to church or if you pray before meals. Or if you have a Jesus bumper sticker, right? Or, or if you tell people about me. You know, some of those seem to be like, oh yeah, yeah, man. No, he didn't. He said, all people will know you're my disciples if you love one another. We will be known by our love. The church needs to be known by our love. And not just any kind of love, but he said the love 
the same love that I have loved you. The same love that I have loved you, that Jesus has loved his church. Can we just pause for a moment? I, if we want to love people, we've we got to understand how much Jesus loved us. All right, so let's pause for a moment and let's just think about how much that Jesus has loved you. Think about that. Think about the pain that he went through. Think about the, the suffering that he endured so that you could have life. You know, much research has gone into the cross and the pain that Jesus has gone through. Uh, literally, the English word excruciating comes from crucifixion, this form of slow, painful death. Jesus died an excruciating death. Why? Because he loved you. He loved you. It said that uh, when, when Jesus would have been nailed to the cross, uh, it would have been the cross beam on the ground that they would have laid him on the ground and, and, and nailed him to the cross. And the nails, they wouldn't have been through his hands because that wouldn't have supported his body weight. It would have just torn out. But literally, it would have been his wrist that they nailed those nails, those seven to nine inch nails. They, they would nail it through. And, and when they did that, it would have hit the, the median nerve there, which would have caused excruciating pain in both of his arms. Think about that for a moment. And once they did that, they would have had to lift him up on that cross beam and put him on the cross. And in that moment when all of his weight would, would come down on, on just those nails in his wrist, uh, again, research shows that his, his shoulders and his elbows would have dislocated, making his arms six inch longer, six, at least six inches longer than they intended to be. After that, they would nail his feet to the cross, one over the other, and nail it through, again, severing nerves and, and causing severe pain. And in the position that he was in, in order to breathe, he would have had to push on that nail in his feet in order to get enough leverage to, to breathe or even to speak. And to think that seven times we have recorded words of Jesus speaking on the cross. That seven times he would have pushed up. And that one of those times he... He used, in, in all of that pain, he still said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's, that's our Jesus. That's how much he, he loves us. And that's, that's just part of the pain that he went through. But today, if we can remember how much he loves us, I, Isaiah 53 tells us, surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sin of us all. I mean, think about that. We were the ones who put him on the cross. We are the ones who pounded those nails. And we're our sin, the things that we did, drove Jesus to the cross because he loved us. And it's when we look at the cross, when we realize that Jesus died an excruciating death for us, and we see how much that God loves people, it can change the way we view people. It can help us to love people the way that Jesus loved us. See, we need to love people enough to be willing to sacrifice for them. 
literally to be willing to die for them. Love people the way that I have loved you. How can we do that? How can we love the people around us? You know, what's interesting is this passage when Jesus is telling it, probably in, in the, the best interpretation of this verse, he's saying you need to love each other. Not necessarily all the other people, but he's saying you need to start by loving your fellow disciples. You need to start by loving the person in the pew sitting next to you. Right? That's what he's telling us. All people will know you're my disciples when they see your love for each other. Because it's really hard to love the community if we can't love each other first. Right? We need to get along. We need to care for each other. We need to love each other. So think about this this morning. What do you need to do to love the person in the pew sitting next to you? What do you need to do? You know, you may have, have no idea what that person's going through. You may not know. They might be facing the greatest battle of their life this week. And they're just waiting for somebody to say, hey, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? You know, do you need a hug? You know, whatever it might be. So I encourage you, when, when you get done here today, right, when we say amen and the doors open, don't be the first one to run out to the car, all right? McDonald's or Culver's or Pizza Ranch, they'll still be open. But let's take time to talk to each other, to get to know each other. I love, last week, I, I, we just ended by having you guys talk with each other. I, I actually got up here and closed. You may not have noticed that because you were just talking to each other. It was great. But let's do that every week. We're the family of God, right? Let's be a family. Let's talk to each other. Let's get to know each other. Let's love one another. Let's help each other through the situations that we're going through. If we want to be known by our mission, we genuinely need to love one another, love each other. Now, along with that, uh, let's not stop there, right? Because the Bible also tells us, Jesus also said, we need to, uh, the second greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. We need to love our community. We need to love the people around us. And uh, I love this passage in Romans chapter 12. We'll put it up on the screen. But it just gives us a lot of practical things for how to love people. How to love people in our church. How to love people in our community. So uh, let me just read it quick. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. It's kind of hard to put other people first sometimes, isn't it? That's what it says. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Again, really practical. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. So again, some really practical things that we can do to love people, to love our neighbors. Uh, it, it talks about we need to honor others, all right? To show honor to everyone that you meet, to be hopeful, right? That's how we can love people is just to have hope, optimism, like we can do this, right? To be patient. Did you know when you're patient, that's a way to love people? Think about that for a minute. When you're not patient, it's not very loving. But just our patience can love people. We need to pray for people. 
We need to share with others. If you see someone who has a need, share with them. Practice hospitality. Invite people into your home. Welcome them. Uh, It says if someone's mean to you, be nice to them. Right? Revolutionary topic here. If someone's mean to you, be nice to them. Even though they don't deserve it. That's how we love people. It says we need to celebrate with people who are celebrating. Right? We need to be excited with people who are going through victory. But it also says we need to mourn with people who are going through mourning. People just need you to be present, to be there. Go with them. It says to talk to people you normally don't talk to, right? Associate with people of low position. So if there's somebody you don't normally talk to, go out of your way. Like we looked at last week. If you see somebody who's in a different generation, who's in a different culture than you, that's the person you should go talk to, right? Go introduce yourself. And it says lastly, to aim for peace, that that should be our goal. That's how we can love people. One question that I've found that's, that's really helpful in you know, my personal quest to, to love people is, is this, and give it to you this morning. How can I add value to someone? How can I add value to that person? When you see your neighbor, ask yourself that question. How can I add value to them? When you see your coworker, when you see the clerk at the grocery store, how can I add value to this person today? How can I love people? Can I give them something? Right? Is there something that I can have that I can give them? Uh, maybe it's, how can I serve them today in a way that people don't normally serve them? How can I help them? How can I lead them through? Can I give them some advice? Can I move snow? Can I mow a lawn? Can I bake some cookies? Can I do that job at work that nobody wants to do, but do it because I love people and I just, I just want to add value to them? You know, there's a lot of different missions works across the globe. You know, some of them are, hey, we're going to get up and, and we're going to put up a, a stage and present the gospel and do all these things. And, and that's one form. But there's a lot of forms where uh, they say, how can we meet a need? How can we meet a need first? So maybe it's drilling a fresh water well uh, and giving people clean water that they desperately need. And that that's going to be a tool for them to hear the gospel. Maybe it's providing a meal to somebody who's starving. Maybe it's providing medical care to those who don't have access to uh, medical facilities or the funds to purchase the, the medicine that they need. Uh, perhaps it's teaching English or, uh, you know, we've seen running a coffee shop or running a CrossFit program, whatever it might be to meet a practical need to add value to someone's life. And when we add value to them, they're a lot more open to hearing the gospel. So why not do that right here? in Aberdeen, and in our communities? How can we add value to our neighbors? How can we add value to our coworkers? How can we add value to someone so that way, it's a, with no strings attached, but that way we can share the gospel. We can share the gospel with them. I believe they'll be much more open if we genuinely care about them. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If we could have the keys come, uh, Right now, again, we've promised everyone in this series, we're going to try making it real practical for you. Real practical. Try to give you some takeaways, some things that you can put into action uh, this week and in the weeks to come. So let me give you four practical things that you can do uh, starting this week so that way as a church, we can be known by our mission. And the first one is this. Forgive each other. Forgive each other. 
If there's someone right now in, in, in the church that you're just sitting there and, and you've been holding a grudge against for a while or you know you, you sit on opposite sides just so you don't have to look at them, I, I don't know. But if there's someone uh, that you need to forgive or someone you need to ask forgiveness of, that's a simple first step. Maybe not simple, it's tough. I'll be honest, that's, that's a tough first step. But it's a big first step because again, we'll be known by our love, how we love each other. And we can't love each other if we're holding bitterness against each other. So today, maybe as a first step, you just you need to find someone or set up coffee with someone and, and, and you just need to say, hey, will you forgive me? Or I just want to let you know, I know we've been through a lot, but I, I just, I need to say I forgive you. You're going to find so much freedom in that. But it's going to help you to, to love people the way God's called us to love people. So forgive each other. Second practical thing we can do, uh, see a need, meet a need. See a need, meet a need. Oftentimes we see a need and we hear about something, we think, oh, that's really sad. Sure hope somebody does something about that. Well, you are that somebody, right? I, I challenge you, if you see a need this week, take that as God's personal invitation for you to meet it. All right? Maybe you heard that need because you are the one that God wants. You may not be able to meet it completely, right? But what can you do? How can you help? Maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's just somebody to pray. Maybe somebody needs a ride. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know what it might be. But we all hear about needs. So I, I challenge you if, you, if you see a need, if you hear about a need, how can you be the answer to that need? Take a practical step there. Again, whether that's in the church or whether that's in the community. Third thing, we, we talked about it uh, just briefly there, uh, but add value to people. Again, ask yourself that question as you see people. How can I add value? How can I add value to their life today? How can I pour into them? How can I, how can I bless them? Even though, you know, they may, their job might be to serve me. How can I serve them? Jesus served others. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Right? Jesus valued people that in his time people said they, they have no value. You know, they're a sinner. They're an outcast. They're, they're a leper. But Jesus took the time. They're a, they're a kid. Jesus says, no, they have value. They have value. How, how can we value people? And the last thing I've got on here is simply this. Let's serve our city. Let's serve our city. And this is one that it's going to take the whole church to pull off. We've done a lot of outreaches in the past, but this year we've kind of cleared our, our typical outreach schedule. And that's so that as a church, we can go out and we can find needs. All right? If you see a need in our community, we, we've got, again, we've got 1%. 1% of our community is right here. But as 1%, we, we see a lot of different aspects of our community. And so I challenge you, look for needs. Look for ways we can serve our city. Where, where are things that people are lacking? Where's a need that we can meet? Maybe it's a financial need. Maybe it's just they need people to go out and do something. If you find one of those needs, Come talk to one of the pastors. We're going to try to assemble an outreach team of just, hey, here's 15 different ideas that as a church, as AFA, we saw here's ways we can bless our community. And maybe we can narrow it down to some different areas or maybe we can hit all of them. I don't know. 
We'll see what happens. Uh, one thing we're going to be doing this summer, you know, typically on Wednesday nights, we've got a Bible study. We'll still have youth group through the summer. Um, but we, we kind of switched up every summer. And this summer, what we're going to do, we're going to call it Serve Summer. Uh, a summer where instead of sitting through a Bible study, we just, we go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. We go out and love people. And so we're looking for opportunities of how can we serve people. Maybe it's sending out a group of five or six here. Uh, one of them that just came to my attention this week is uh, actually helping going out in our, our northeast section of South Dakota and helping other churches uh, in smaller communities that, that could use five or six people to do a service project or to go uh, door to door and just invite people and, and love them. I mean, places like Sisseton or Clark or Webster, Millbank, Wakpala, McLaughlin, Harriet, all, all these different communities are, are, are saying, hey, there's an open door and we'd love for people to come in and help serve. So if we take a Saturday and, and send, you know, a, a, a van of people out there to just say, hey, how can we serve? So we're looking for opportunities and we need everybody. We need everybody. How can we serve our community? What are needs that we can meet? How can we love people? So those are the four I've got. Forgive each other. See a need, meet a need. Add value to people and serve our city. May we be known by our love. May we be known by our mission. May we be known by the power of God. That's what I'm believing for. Let's love people the way that Jesus has loved us. And today, maybe I can just close in this way. If you didn't know it, some of you need to hear this. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus went to the cross and he died for you. He gave it up as we, as we just talked. Before we can go and show love to other people, we need to understand where love comes from. God is love. And he loved you so much to sacrifice his life. So today, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? And, and we, want, we give this opportunity every week, but we want to give it again because it's so important. Today, if you don't know Jesus and you'd like to know him as your Savior, you'd like to experience his love, you've never experienced that before. I mean, we, we serve a Savior. Oh, he, he loves us. Even if you've run far away, we, we see the story of the prodigal son who took his inheritance early, went out and spent it on wild living till he had nothing. And in his humility, he came back thinking his family wouldn't accept him back. But the father loved him so much, he, he ran to him, wrapped his arms around him, gave him the best robe. He gave him a ring. He gave him sandals. He, he threw him a banquet because he was so thankful that his son returned home. God loves you today no matter how far you've run. So today, if, if you need to accept Jesus as your Savior, if you want to experience his love, would you just slip your hand up in the air and catch my eye? I want to pray with you today. Is there anybody here? You say, I, I need to experience the love of Jesus today. Anybody on the main level? Up in the balcony, say, hey, I need... I need Jesus today. If you're online, you can just leave a comment in the online section. But would you, would you pray this with me today? Everybody here, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you that you died. You rose again. Pray that you would forgive me. Make me new. 
Would you be my Savior? Would you be my Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me this morning? God's Word says that when just one comes to be with Jesus, that the angels in heaven rejoice. The angels in heaven are rejoicing over you. If you prayed that prayer this morning, if you prayed that prayer, I'd love to pray with you, give you some more resources, uh, help you in the walk, come and catch me after service. Uh, but let me pray for you, and uh, let's, let's love our community. Let's love people. May we be known by our love, by our mission. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for your church. I thank you for your people. God, I pray you be with us. God, as we go, as we take the presence of God into our community, God, may we be a light in this world. We love you so much, Lord Jesus. Help us to love people everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Have a great week. Again, be sure to check out our missionaries booth out in the foyer and grab a prayer card before you leave today.